8. We are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perek Chav Zion, Pasuk Alev, Bayom Hahu Yifkod Hashem Becharva. You will recall that the last two Psukim in Perek Chavav spoke about the time had arrived now, in the end of days, the Mashiach is here. The Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to do a payback time, as it were, on those nations that have abused, have tortured, have killed, uh, oppressed B'nai Yisrael. It's time to take care of that element, those who show him. And it will be vengeful, it will be swift, so strong will it be that you will remember the Kaddish Baruch Hu at the end of Chavav. Orders B'nai Yisrael, Lech Ami Bo Bechadrecha Uskor When I'm doing this, stay in your doors, lock your doors. You sit this one out, the Kaddish Baruch Hu will take care of it. So exactly what is the Onesh that he is going to visit? If you think about it, they're all gone. The people are dead. The nations are dead. What kind of Onesh? Let, let, me, let me ask a question. What, how do you reconcile this prophecy with the concept that there's one God and he's God of all the people? Right. Right? And a lot of people who are being punished have no culpability for anything. Right. These people did, but you assume. But it's, that's what it's doing. We don't understand a lot of it. We don't understand how he's going to punish them. They're dead. What is he going to do? Tfiyas Hamesim with these people and then kill them again? Is it, does it mean kill them? Is it something less? Is it something more? Is it totally metaphorical? Nobody knows. But in any event, they are going to get paid back for what they did. So let's begin. Bayom hahu yifgod Hashem b'charbo ha'kasha v'hadola v'hachazaka aliviyotan nachash v'riach v'aliviyotan nachash akwasam v'horag es hatanin asher bayom. Very, very mystical. That on that day, the Kaddish Baruch Hu will take his sword, and we give his sword three adjectives. Becharbo hakasha, hard. Becharbo hadola, large. Becharbo hachazaka. That it will be huge, the retribution. And speaking of the number three, we say, and the tanin. The Livyasan, we know, is a completely mystical, metaphorical, that we agree on, it has to be a metaphor. To put it in simple, comprehensible terms, there is some sort of giant, unbelievably giant whales. The Livyasan Nachash is a straight, straight Livyasan that goes from one end of the sea to another. The Livyasan Aklason is a curled snake because it's in the ocean and it has to fit into that ocean. So they are truly gigantic sea serpents, animals of the sea, sea monsters we don't know. Similarly, the Tanin. 
the Tanin sounds like it is a giant whale. So he will take revenge against these three. Who are the three? Says uh, Radak. It's um, uh, not a Rashi rather. Says it is Ashur, Assyria, Mitzrayim, Edom. The Radak says it's Edom, Yishmael, and of all things, Hodu, the countries of the subcontinent of India. Whatever you pick, you can pick any three you want. You can pick the three ideologies. You can pick three enemies, whenever. We don't know. But the Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to visit a tremendous retribution. Continues. In that day, at the end of when the Moshiach is here, they will sing. Anula could mean two things. B'nai Yisrael is compared to a vineyard of, you know, fine fermented wine, kerem chemer, uh, that the Kaddish Baruch Hu guards that vineyard. So Anullah could mean they sing to it. B'nai Yisrael will have achieved that primacy where the whole world respects it and the whole world sees it as the center force in the universe and the Kaddish Baruch Hu as the only God of the universe. So the Jewish people are like the vineyard, the Kaddish Baruch who cultivates it. Lo'ana could also mean something else. Ona is to oppress someone. That it could be that the Kaddish Baruch is saying anyone who oppresses this lovingly cared for vineyard will be punished. So, and, and we should stress that what the Kodesh Baruch the metaphor is saying that every single leaf on that vineyard is dear to me. I watch, I take care of, meaning every single Jew is, is precious to me. Chemer Ainli, mi yitnenu shomir shayis v'milchama efshaba atziyena yachad. Interesting, the Kodesh Baruch now turns, it's a very difficult puzzle. Chama Ainli, meaning I have no mida of hatred, says the Kaddish Baruch, of anger. Uh, we know that Kaddish Baruch is beyond those, those emotions. So I have no fury, and that's not good. Why? For if I had, if someone would give me the thorn or the thistle of anger, I would have trampled on it completely. And what he's talking about, the Mephoshim say, is B'nai Yisrael. In other words, I wasn't tough enough when I had to be with them. Um, I have this inability to be totally angered at my people. Um, and so that I regret not having this anger. It's metaphorical. It's very puzzling. Is he saying that I wasn't strong enough with B'nai Yisrael? He who wants to, if they only wanted the individual to do tshuva, let him hold on to my strength. Then make peace with me. Again, repeat. Let him make peace with me. That's all I'm asking of the individual Jew is tshuva. Now in Pasuk Bav, we switch it. It's the maftir for Parsha, Shmos, a beautiful maftir, saying, the Habayim Yashresh Yaakov. In coming times, 
Yaakov will take root. Yotzitzu Porach Yisrael. Yisrael, which we know is another name for Yaakov, will blossom and bloom, and the earth will be filled with plants and flowers. So what Rav is saying, Yaakov is our name in Golos. Yaakov was the Golos person. And the root will take place in Golos. What the Kaddish Baruch Hu is telling us and is going to tell us in the rest of this prayer, that Golos wasn't intended just to be punitive. Golos was an excuse to provide kapara. Golos was a learning experience where the Jew, by the way he lived and the way he prospered and the way he learned and the way he kept the Amuna, would be a monument to Kiddush Hashem. So it was not, as we're going to see, a totally negative experience. Yisrael is the name for Geula. That then, Habon Yashrei Shachov, it will take root, but Uparach, it will blossom when it is in Gula. Hakemakas makeyu hiko im horeg. This is a phenomenal concept with the Lord. Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying, because now he's breaking off his future and he's going back to a different thing. It's almost like he's having a soliloquy with B'nai Yisrael, actually a dialogue, after the Gula, and addressing them with the question, as it were, do you realize you have had more time and you will have more time in Golos than you ever did in the land itself. You are in Golis now, it's limitless, but you were in Israel, you were in Eretz Israel, maybe what was 1300 years, etc. Um, and Hamakas Makeiwiko in Keherik Harugo Horeg. Think of this, he said. Is the Makah that I gave you, did the Kodesh Baruch who smite you? more than he did the oppressors? Or did he murder you more than he did the oppressors? In other words, the Kaddish Baruch was saying, yes, you think you had it bad. You were oppressed, you were humiliated, you were killed, you were exiled. Do you think for a second you had it worse than the people who did this to you, that I let them off less? Yeah, Hallel, there's a Sabuni Gamsabuni Gidvarim, Kiyamisam, that my enemies surround me like bees. And the metaphor is an apt one, say the Mephoshim, because bees sting you. They inflict pain, but it's momentary. The bees then die. In other words, the bee is much worse off than you are. And that is with your enemies. Yes, they struck you. Yes, they killed you. But they do or did suffered much worse. Besasa b'shalcha terivena, in double portion, did he, was he sent away? And he's talking about it, Mitzrayim. Beruach hakasha b'yom kodim. That when I sent that blast of wind from the east windstorm, that referring to Mitzrayim, most of them, unfortunately, think it's referring to the Dead Sea, that your suffering was nothing compared to Mitzrayim, say the Mephoshim, and saying Yeshayahu. Yes, they killed your firstborn, they drowned your firstborn in the river, 
but they were all drowned. There's nothing remaining of them. Lachem bezos yichaper avon Yaakov bezel kol prosi In other words, with Golos, the atonement of the sins of Yisrael will be achieved when the strong of the bias, kol avnei mizbeach ka'avnei ger minufotos. Yes, when the Kodesh Baruch destroyed the temple and scattered the stones, but remember, they at that same time stopped their asheros, their, their worship of trees, their worship of the sun. It was over. We know that, that the Sanhedrin at that time prayed that the taiva of um, Avodazara would be removed, and it was. So idol worship stops after that. In other words, the Egyptians tortured you, but they're no more Egyptians. They tortured you with their Avodah Zorah. They're no more nations like that, and there's no more uh, Avodah Zorah. Um, moreover, Pasuk Yud, Ki'ir Bitsura uh, Badad. These fortified cities, these great empires, be it Ashur, be it Rome, etc., uh, lie in solitude. Isolated. They are abandoned like a, a desert. Where there were streets and boulevards and highways. And now the sheep graze on the vegetation. And they um, eat of the branches. And when the branches are gone... Uh, when its branches dry up, there will be nothing. Uh, so what you're getting is the concept that, yes, we suffered, they suffered worse. And if you would indulge me in a um, personal reminiscence, I once heard a speech by Senator Patrick Moynihan, who was a great friend of Israel, was the ambassador to the UN. And he told the story that one afternoon during an exceedingly boring debate in the General Assembly, he was looking at the voting board where you tabulate. And he saw at the time there were 150 nations in the UN. And he thought, there is only one country in that 150 that is still on the same land they were 2,000 years ago, still speaking the same language they did 2,000 years ago, still with the same religion as 2,000 years ago, and of course that's Israel. In other words, they're gone. No one has survived. Um, there's another beautiful story they tell of one of the great Rabbanim, whose name eludes me at the time, beginning of the 20th century, he was in Rome. And you know in Rome they have the Arch of Titus, where they celebrate Titus's victory in 70 AD over uh, Israel and the destruction of the temple. And the um, arch portrays in, in a freeze form carrying the menorahs and the other utensils from the base on Migdash, which sort of indicates that they have them somewhere in Rome, but the caption is in Latin, Judea capta est, Judea is captured, and the tradition is that no Jew can go under the Arch of Titus, stands under that Arch of Titus, and this rogue went under, he didn't care, and he looks up and he says, Titus, where are you? I am here, and that is what the Navi is saying, that 
At worst, they're gone. You are the only one who has survived. They are finished. Biyavish Kitsira continues to Navian Yadala, Tishmana Nashim Ka Osmi Eros Osa. And when they're finished, when the vegetation is dried up, women will come and burn it for fuel. Kilo Imbinos Hu Al Kainlo Yirachmenu Oseyu Biyatsu Lo Yahunenu. So now there's a puzzling puzzle because we're saying that these people had no comprehension of what they saw, and he formed the Vizar Lo and the Kamishpah who has no compassion on them. So the logical thing is to assume we're talking about those nations of the world. They didn't understand what they saw. They had no comprehension of what was happening with the Kamishpah. And so they're wiped out without a trace of, of compassion. Others say it could be Israel themselves that didn't understand the greatness, and that's why they received the punishments they did. Most of the fortune feel it's directed towards the uh, nations of the world. And in that day, the Kaddish Baruch Hu will take Yachbot is to take the kernel out of the husk, even if you have to pull it out. And that is what the Kaddish Baruch the metaphor is going to take every single Jew and extract him from his gullus, from the Har Ad-Nachal, from the great river, which is the Euphrates, which, and the Nachal of Mitzrayim, which, is the, which are the historic boundaries of B'nai Yisrael, promised us in the Torah. So the Kaddish Baruch will take each one, la'achar echad b'nei Yisrael, echad echad, one by one, I will extract them from their gullus, I will extract them from where they are, and bring them together to Eretz Yisrael. And the final pasuk, the beautiful pasuk, for haya b'yom ha'hu, on that day, yitaka ha'shofar, b'shofar gadol, a giant shofar will blow, uvau ha'udim, and the lost ones, Be'eretz Ashur from Assyria, the Hanidachim, the wandering ones from Eretz Mitzrayim, will be gathered together, Ve'ishtachavu Hashem, and they will bow to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the Har HaKodesh, on the holy mountain, the temple restored, Be'erushalayim, a wonderful spot to end Eretz this prophecy, and we will resume on Monday with now Yeshayahu going back from the end of days, back from the Messianic era to the present, or his present, with Sancheriv and the Golos of the Ten Tribes. I've